Uh, this is Jackie K, and it's been a long time, but I think it's time for a proper editorial of Pokemon Go Fireside Chat. Part of it's just like I've been bouncing between different topics, and I feel like I, since I get started on one, I just lose the steam way too early. But 2019, wow, I completely forgot about 2020. Ain't that a mood? Trying to forget about that year as quickly as possible, I see. As I was saying, though, 2020 is about over. It'll probably be over by the time I upload this. So I figure what better time to just look forward to the future of 2021. As much of a bummer that 2020 has been, I think it's been a revolutionary point for Pokemon Go. As part of a wise saying that I can't remember where it comes from, but it stick with my memory throughout the course of time. Limitations and changes strive the most creativity out of our fellow man. Actually thinking more about it, I'd probably like paraphrase and combine a couple quotes together. But the point being, the changes that were forced upon society as a whole in 2020 seemed like they were built specifically against the core values that made Pokemon Go what it is. And yet, Niagara adapt and strive, and we got so many new features, or at least a couple very big features, that I'm pretty confident we would never have gotten in any other situation. If 2020 never existed, they wouldn't happen. The big two that I still recall to this day and aren't just like temporary bonuses are remote raids and the changes to community days. In the before times, remote raids were definitely a concept built around extroverts built around the concept of coming together in person. It's the general theory that if you force strangers together, or at least bring them together over a common interest, you can make new friends and actually build a community. And overall, that concept has worked, even though there's definitely been times I felt like I was forced to play with people that I had no interest in playing with, and still to this day kind of, I'm kind of met to. For every group of people that kind of felt met to, or felt like I was only playing with them because the game was forcing me to, and never really clicked with. There was a friend or two made in the mix of those people. However, one thing that I always wanted out of the raid system, that I just assumed would never happen because it went against the whole concept of Niagara as a company, was all these raids. I never really felt that I was able to bond with my actual friends because of my history with making friends. A lot of my closest friends, I can count the number of times that I've seen them in person on a single hand. Maybe even less than that. And there's also the situation that things can change. People who lived close together can move apart. But the memories you made with those people, the friendship that you built along the way is still strong. And I bring all this up because it's just like my biggest criticism that I kind of just always kept to myself with Pokemon Go was just how it isolated me and people of the similar situations I had laid out from actually playing the game with the people they care about most. It's kind of just a double-edged sword of trying to push local communities kind of pushes away communities that aren't physically next to each other. And that's just why I'm so thankful for remote raiding, of all things. Again, a concept only forced upon Niantic because of the way the world currently is. But also one day, which the company takes into 2021, eventually the bonuses are going away. They started to wean them away, but then the community reminded them that the pandemic still existed, and they were brought back. I have to double check exactly how long. Actually, a quick Google search reminded me that it's until June 2021. 
granted, even though they told the community that they weren't going to change this, and when they were going to take away the bonuses, they would give us a month in advance notice, there's still a piece of my gut that kind of says, like, if the world is completely 110% back to normal, bef well before June, they may consider, like, push changing that around a little bit. Just because, at the end of the day, Pokemon Go was made to be a game to encourage social interactivity, exploring the world around you, and getting out and having exercise. All three things that kind of, like, are anti-pandemic friendly ideals. So even with the things I may agree or disagree with, I wouldn't blame Niantic for wanting to go back to the way their game normally is as soon as possible. Now I promise there was a point to all those tangenting. I just really wanted to emphasize the fact that I really hope that remote raiding continues to be a prominent feature of this game well into 2021. Like. I don't think we ever have to worry about remote raiding going completely away due to the financial success that has brought the company. And it probably also like helps push their core values as much as they can while still following social distancing guidelines and all that. The only reason I have concern about the future of remote raiding is because there's two key features that are technically bonuses during the pandemic. Things that they've just, that they've said that when they're ready for the world to go back to normal, that they're going to revert these bonuses. And that's the amount of damage you do in a raid and the cost of the remote raid passes. And I really feel it's important for me to bring this up in my podcast because I feel like this, this is going to be a detail that a lot of content creators overlook because we started out with these bonuses. They introduced this feature. And we had these abilities right from the start. And it's just human nature to assume that these are features, not bonuses, considering the fact that we've had them from the beginning. So as far as we know, this is the way that remote rating work. And the quote-unquote normal way for remote rating to work is going to be drastically different. Let's talk a little bit more about damage bonus. As the feature of remote rating stands currently, when you remote into a raid, you do just as much damage against the raid boss as if you were there in person. That is definitely going to change when these special bonuses go away for real. Honestly, it's been so long, I forgot exactly what they claimed that it was going to be. But the damn, once the world goes back to normal, when you do a remote raid, either when you jump into it from being too far away, or if you get invited to a remote raid, you do less damage against the raid boss. Therefore, either requiring you to remote invite more people in order to defeat the raid boss, or more likely, it being impossible to defeat a raid boss purely just from remote invites. Some of the people would have to be in person in order to defeat the raid boss. And another thing that people might forget, depending on the way you use the remote raiding system, we currently have a bonus on how many people we can invite. Typically you can only invite 5 people to a raid remotely, but a total of 10 people can be invited. So like if two people are at the raid, they can each invite five people. Or depending on how you use the system, there's little ways you might be able to twist the game's thumb to get one person to invite 10 people. When the world is back to normal, when we're in the after times, that number is going to be five. No matter how many people are at the raid, 
Only five people can be remotely invited to that raid, regardless on how many people send out remote raid invites. So, like, if you try to invite five friends, and one of your friends that are actually at the raid also try to invite five friends, only the first five people between the two of your invites that accept the invite will actually make it into the raid. So, depending on how much they rem cut the attack of someone remoting into a raid, it could be physically impossible for the typical system we have going now to work. It could be impossible for one person to just invite five of their friends to a raid and be able to do it. At least like if it was something they couldn't normally solo by themselves. And that's kind of just the issue, because it's one thing if we actually know exactly how much that attack drop is going to be, and you can prepare accordingly, but the fact that it's just there's so much uncertainty w with it all, kind of just what gets me so concerned about it. Even if we knew exactly how much it would cut it. Like, they told us it was half your normal damage, or a quarter of your normal damage. Maybe, like, the people who run Pokeballers and similar sites be able to do that math, but I'm pretty sure the average person just wouldn't be able to tell, they wouldn't be able to feel if, are me and my friends going to still be able to do this raid? feel like that sort of stuff you actually need on the field experience to actually know for sure. Now, I'm not sure if there's a way for NAG to give us a little more clarity on this, but if there is, it would be appreciated. Still, the fact that we shouldn't have to worry about this until halfway into 2021 kind of alleviates my concerns for now. So the whole point of me bringing this up on this editorial in particular is remote reading has played a significant role in my life, like, it's allowed me to reconnect with friends that I haven't played video games with in a long time just because we live so far apart from each other. There's just a magical feeling about that. Plus it kind of feels a lot better when you when in the before times you wouldn't have enough people to do a raid. But thanks to remote raiding, if you find yourself a couple minutes short, you just be able to go on to a Discord and Ask for, a, ask a couple discords for a couple extra hands, and you actually be able to do that raid boss. That raid boss that your free pass would normally just go to waste. You actually be able to have some allies to support you in the battles. Cause even with the amount of Facebook groups and similar programs that I was with local communities in the before times, there's still some times when I was trying to find a legendary Pokemon that we could not get enough people to do, even with all the coronation we have within the communities. And shoot, I didn't even bring up the fact that remote raid passes are technically on an indefinite discount. They're the same price as a normal raid pass, but when the other bonuses go away, they're going to go up to like, I forget exactly how much. Either like, I think it's like 250 or 150 Obviously I hope it's the latter the cheaper one, but... Sorry, I didn't bring notes on this topic with me because I wasn't prepared to actually make this so much about remote raiding. Remote raiding has definitely felt like a good backup, and I kind of want looking forward to using remote raiding in the aftertimes, even if their attack has dropped to the point where I do need local communities to actually be able to complete a raid. I wouldn't mind that if I could actually bring a couple of my friends that I actually known personally into them for the remote raid feature. And by those standards, it does seem like Niantic's gonna allow me to do that at the very least. 
So because of that, I'm very appreciative of it. So I'm looking forward to 2021 not only being the year that I can continue to play Pokemon Go with my friends that I couldn't play with in the before times. But as the world gets back to normal and Nag bridges the gap between the before time features and the after time features, I myself will be bridging the gaps between my close friends and the friends of local communities. It just seems to be fun to actually be playing with both the people I am in 2020 and the people from 2019. And continuing on my hope of Nag taking the best from 2019 and 2020 to incorporate it into a beautiful experience in 2021, let's talk about Community Day. There were some amazing things about how Community Days worked in 2020, but there was also some things I found pretty underwhelming about this year in particular. Let's just swallow the bitter pill now. I feel that in terms of Pokemon, this year had the weakest selection of Community Day Pokemon. It started off strong. I mean, we did get Rhyhorn Community Day, and that Pokemon not only was a brand new shiny, a nice looking shiny, but also had a community day move that was fantastic, not just for PvP, but also for raiding. Remember when we got Pokemon that were actually raid relevant from community day? <laughs> that memory is becoming more and more faded over time. But it seems that as soon as the pandemic hit, the types of Pokemon that we were able to get from community days became a lot more underwhelming. You could chalk some of this up to the fact that they were tr intentionally trying to make the communities less exciting to try to keep more people inside, but then they just keep adding on all these features to make the game more play-at-home friendly, and you kind of just wonder anymore. And it could just be me personally, but there's just so many Kanto Pokemon, not helped by the fact that a couple of them were repeat Shinies, shinies that we already got from either already were in the game, or in the case of Charmander, even had a past community day. Though I'll honestly say that Char at least Charmander was more exciting of a community day than Magikarp. Eh, I could see it being debatable. Maybe we can revisit that in the future. I just personally, maybe just because I really wanted that real good IV ch shiny Charizard, that gave me a bit more of a drive. But there's also like other little factors like. Magikarp being around longer, both in Shiny and just being more common in general. I'd argue that Charmander got a more interesting new community day move, but Aqua Tail Gyarados is kind of shaped PvP in its own way, and like, it's a little... With the gif of Dragon Breath, we've lost the ability to have Blast Burn. Well, that's, that leaves in a whole mess of the December community day. I'm not sure if I'm going too far off top to even go into. And to just emphasize my point of there being way too much Kanto in 2020, there's only two Pokemon that had Community Days in 2020 that were not Kanto Pokemon. And that'd be Piplup in January and Seedot in May. And like, Seedot honestly was a little underwhelming. A super cool shiny though, but nowhere on like the fields that we've had in past years. 2019 had some underwhelming moments, but we also got things like frickin' Salamence with Outrage, making it one of the best dragon types in all of Pokemon Go. Ralts, a pretty good looking shiny that also has practical use due to being one of the better fairy types that we currently have in the game. Mind you, Synchronoise kind of sucks now, but back when it was first introduced, 
Psychic was terrible in comparison to how it is now, so Secret Noise was actually a good thing when the Community Day first came up, but then they buffed Psychic, and that move kind of got outdated right there and then. But even then, it felt like there was a bit more diversity in Pokemon, because we also had Starter practically every other month. And with those Starters coming out every other month, came exciting moves like Outrage, Frenzy Planet, Last Burn. We've seen them a couple times, but they're such good moves that it's always exciting to actually see them come up again. And again for this year, the only starter we've had in a community day was Piplup. And with the new news of the Unova event featuring Snivy's shiny appearance for the first time, kind of makes you wonder what the future of starter Pokemon are going to be in community day. I know some people complain about how predictable it was to have the starters with their super move every time that they were released. But those moves were what made the starters such valuable Pokemon. There's a reason that like Charizard got a new move this month and people were underwhelmed because Blast Burn is amazing. I mean, Dragon Breath is a wonderful fast move, but without the staff fire type, like Charizard kind of loses a lot of his practicality in the raiding scene. And overheat Charizard could work with Dragon Breath just fine in PvP. But we as community seem to forget that PvP is kind of niche. And a lot of people who actually play Pokemon Go, especially those outside of the internet, are only interested in raiding. So when they get another community day that's just a Pokemon with PvP moves that they can't actually implement into a raid, it's kind of underwhelming for them. So I kind of hope that the Pokemon selection is a bit more exciting going to 2021, especially once we get to a point where the world's back to normal. And even, I guess just being out with other people on a community day in and of itself will help make the event more exciting again. Still, there's like a lot of things that I like about the way the current community day system is. That six hour time window we have is amazing. For the past two years, whenever people, whenever people complained about just all oh, the time periods for community are so limited, why can't we just have the community day be a whole day? Like the name implies and all that. And like, there's everyone made the counter argument, including myself, that it wouldn't work if it was, wasn't the three hour window. Because the, the three hour window forces the community to come together. Looking for the silver linings in 2020, I'm glad that this has forced Niantic to actually try something different. Because maybe it's just me, but I feel like having a six hour community day window works. At least with as socially distanced as we have to be during times like these. Extending the community time window didn't really take away from the community as much. There was obviously less of the in-person playing with a group of friends on a community day sort of thing in 2020. But that was going to happen no matter if, if community days were only 3 hours long or 6 hours long. But I think like this 6 hour time window is the freedom that the community needed to actually be able to play the game when it's convenient for them. I especially love it because I can, like, maybe spend a couple hours out, go on a simple walk by myself, and when I get tired of that, I can come home, start up a Twitch stream, and actually hang out with the community with them that way. And as someone who's always strived more on the online platform than the in-person platform, I highly appreciate all the changes that Anik has made that has allowed me to actually do that sort of thing. Community day live streams would have never been a thing if we still had the old system for community day. It's kind of getting more and more likely that I can pull off something as I now have like unlimited data and have software that semi works out in the open, but there's still be obstacles to overcome and like especially when people are back in groups again, 
I don't like streaming when I'm with friends. Like, I don't like streaming when I'm in person with people, because, like, I never really explained that part of my life, and I kind of like to keep it separate. Yeah, I think you can tell I've been tangenting to Mars and back, with the fact that we're almost at half an hour, and I've only talked about two things I'm looking forward to in 2021. But I think this at least paints the picture of what I mean when I say I really hope that Community Day takes the best from 2019 and 2020 in terms of features in Pokemon to combine into an experience that makes 2021 even greater. Not a big fan about the year starting off with Machop, a Kanto Pokemon that we've gotten to shine for several times, especially after they announced we get this announcement after they announced they're going to do a whole 12-buck Kanto event that's going to be focused all around catching Kanto Pokemon and having better shiny odds of certain Kanto Pokemon. Niantic, why why do you have any idea of, like, making things smooth together? I mean, of course you do. You've done it in the past. I just can't help but, like, get caught up on that particular note. I don't mind the whole concept of Kalamile 2020 about going, it's okay for us to have a community day of a shiny Pokemon that already exists in the game. That part's okay, like, I'm, Shiny Machop is a good shiny, I'm, I'm just all cantled out Niantic. You've given me so much cantle in 2020, and you're giving me so much more cantle in 2021. I, I mean, there's other Pokemon out there, and I just want a break from cantle. Yeah, sorry for spending so long on just two points, but those are the two biggest points that I'd love to take into 2021. Continuing to make remote raiding a thing, continuing to just take everything you've learned from the pandemic in general, and find a way to incorporate it into the, your ideal before-time format. Like, it allows us to still make use of those features while still pushing your core values. If we can find a good symmetry, a good chemistry between those two ideals, we can make for a perfect Pokemon Go experience. Same thing about Community Day. Let's take the best parts of 2019, specifically, like, exciting Pokemon with moves that are valuable not just for PvP, but for other features in this game as well. And let's combine it with some of the features that have made 2020 Community Day so great. Extended Community Day time. Let's, even when we bring the world back to normal, let's, and even if the incense go back to closer to the way they used to be, I don't never want them to go back to the trash that they were completely in the before times. But even if you just, like, push it... Push it in a way where you have to actually be out and going to make the most of it incense. Once the world is back to normal, of course. Let's keep the incense. Let's make both lures and incense last for three hours at a time instead of just lures as the way things were in the old days. I get the concept of why they used to do it that way. Luring up Pokestops helps bring players together because the lures affect all players and not just individuals. But I think like having both lures and incense working this way could make for a fantastic Community Day 2021 that would help ease players, once the world's back to normal of course, into the way they used to play. And please let's keep the 6 hour time window. I honestly do feel you can still have the community be together. After all, I feel like if the community wants to, if you, wants to play with each other, They'll make plans to actually play with each other, instead of just like forcing into a narrow time frame that some people might have to miss out because they like have work on a particular time frame or little details like that. The more time you have, not only more time people play, 
but the more people who can actually get out to play because they're less likely to miss the time frame because it's a larger time frame. And before I end this off, let me see if I can just recall a couple little things that I would love to see going to 2021. Keep working on Go Battle League. Like, I see what you're trying to go for with this new Season 6, but I think there's a few things that could afford to be tweaked. My personal biggest gripe is the Pokemon prize pool. Like, I've been playing so little Go Battle League lately just because ever since the excitement of Season 5, going back to the normal Great Ultra Master Leagues just feels kind of underwhelming. Almost like I just want to wait until we have another Specialized Cup to go back in and play again. So, I guess what I'm thinking of that, let's, let's make sure that Specialized Cups, like Little Cup, even things like Catch Cup, even though I know that's the one that was most underwhelming to people. Specialized Cups, like Little Cup and Kanto Cup, Flying, even Flying Cup, and the Holiday, and the upcoming Holiday Cup. Let's make sure that's an ongoing thing for 2021 as well. Cause that honestly brings the most excitement out of GBL for me personally. But I think we can also afford to keep playing around with the Pokemon prize pool. Cause honestly, maybe part of it's just because I'm so low rank and it takes so long to get up to the higher ranks at this point. But that prize pool just is honestly un underwhelming. Like the only good thing I can say about it is that all the Pokemon have a chance to be shiny. But considering it's just normal shiny odds, there's not really anything too exciting about the Pokemon prizes. Even underwhelming Pokemon in the past seasons at least had some ties back to GBL. Like Skarmory is a pretty good Great League Pokemon. Not seeing that here anywhere. And I think let's keep going with events at the rate we're going. I'm a little tempted to say let's even slow down a little. Just because, like, we get so many events of Pokemon Go that sometimes it can be overwhelming. But it definitely is better than the way the game used to be in 2016 when literally nothing went on. The events do help keep things exciting, so I definitely want them to continue onwards into 2021. And we got so many features coming up, too, that I'm just... We don't know enough about yet. I'm just waiting to see how they pan out. A lot of things I'm looking forward to in 2021 is just seeing how these features pan out. This first season of spawns we've had in Pokemon Go has been pretty interesting, and it feels like they've had a good rate of, like, having the seasonal Pokemon appear, but not have it overwhelm, like, the event spawns or something similar. And it doesn't really feel like I'm missing out on any Pokemon that I really need. Like, it doesn't feel like having season-specific spawns are restricting the types of Pokemon I can catch. Because I think that was a lot of people's concern with the season system at first, that the fact that there'd be so much focus on the seasonal spawns that you wouldn't be able to get, like, Pokemon that you need for PvP or something similar to that. And it feels like it's working out quite nicely currently. And I'm kind of, but I'm kind of curious if they just, like, spiced up the spawns because this is the first season and a season of celebration. So I'm kind of curious of, like, how future seasons will go and see if it continues to be as good as it seems now. So, reflecting back, I realize my overall thoughts for what I'm looking forward to in 2021 could be boiled down to a matter of wanting them to take the lessons that they learned from 2020 and implement it with the things that made 2019 so great. And in addition, I'm looking forward to seeing how the features that they've introduced this year pan out into the future years, especially when we get closer and closer to the world being back to normal. But hey, I think the tangents we had along the way were fun, so it wasn't a complete waste of everyone's time. Thank you all for tuning in for this edition of the Pokemon Go Fireside Chat. I keep feeling like I'm forgetting about something just because I spent so long in those two big things. 
But I think we're fine. You can always let me know on social media what you're looking forward to in 2021. And that'll probably like trigger some memories of things that I'm looking forward to that I forgot to mention. And it's just going to be interesting to see how all the things that Ag has added this year get incorporated, how they feel when we go back to the way that Pokemon Go used to play, for lack of a better way to describe it. All that said though, hope to see you all later. Take care. <laughs>